0: This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast for Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. And on Thursdays, we play What Else? A oh, Western. So we've got a good one lined up for you today. So it's time for you to realize that uh, you've made it this far. Uh, you're going to get through the week. You only have Friday left. So go over there, get your feet up, stretch out and get yourself a little something to drink just let the cares of the day drift away because in just a moment you are going to be immersed in this week's old time radio western now oh Right, I know a lot of you sit around and just wait for Gunsmoke to play. Well, here you got it. This is your Gunsmoke fix. It's time for us to travel back in time, back to the 1870s. We're going to Dodge City, Kansas. We are walking up Front Street, shoulder to shoulder with Marshal Matt Dillon. Along the way, we're going to meet up with Doc and Kitty and Chester and the whole gang. on another episode of Gunsmoke. And we've got a good one tonight. It goes way back to the beginning, 1952. And this is an episode I've never played before. I didn't have a, a good sound quality a copy of it. And I'm trying to update some of my earlier episodes of Gunsmoke so that we can uh, get better sound quality on these. But this is an excellent episode. It's uh, very dramatic. And uh, a few twists along the way, maybe one you won't see coming. But this one is entitled The Kentucky Tolmans, and it was originally broadcast on CBS back on August the 9th of that year, 1952. So hold on, folks, because here it comes.
2: Yeah. Report's finished, Mr. Dillon. Good. You better go on home now, Chester. It's getting late. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, what about these new Dodgers? I'll just leave them there. I'll look them over.
3: Before. What's the matter, Mr. Dillon? Well, you got company at the back door.
4: All right, come in, mister. Get in, I said.
5: Get your paws off of me. What? girl. Sure I'm a girl. What'd you think I am?
2: Well, put that long rifle away and I'll tell you. Where'd you get that thing, anyway?
5: Pappy brought it with him from Kentucky, if it's any of your business, which it ain't by a darn sight.
2: Uh Uh-huh. What you doing hanging around in the alley?
5: Get rid of him there and a little jaw about it.
2: Uh Huh? I see. Uh, Chester?
3: Good night. Hmm? Well, oh, but I'm not going to... Yes, yeah, sir. Good night, Mr. Dillon. My gracious.
5: You marshal here?
2: That's right, miss.
5: My name's Hannah. Hannah Tolman. You arrest folks, don't you?
2: Well, if they've committed a crime, yeah.
5: Uh-huh. Well, then I got somebody for you to arrest. Uh-huh, who? Pappy. Why? Because I said to, that's why. Somebody's been trying to kill him. I figure about the safest place for him is in jail.
2: (laughs) Wait a minute, slow down. Let's start at the beginning, huh?
5: A few days ago, Pappy was bushwhacked up in the hills near our place.
2: Oh? Was he hurt? No.
5: Slug just bounced off in his head a little. Yesterday, the bushwhacker tried again. He missed.
2: Sounds like a bad shot.
5: Sure. But if he keeps trying, he may get lucky. So you put Pappy in jail until I can run down this ambushing gent, okay?
2: You plan to cross guns with him yourself?
5: I may be a girl, but I was barking squirrels while you were still trying to dent a tin can.
2: (laughs) Well, you better let me take care of it, miss. And as uh, for your father, I can't jail him without a charge.
5: Sure, I know that. What kind of a charge do you want?
2: (laughs) Well, what kind do you have?
5: Well, most any, I reckon. Ain't it enough that he's drunk all the time?
2: Well, I can hold him overnight on that.
5: What if he shoots up the town?
2: That's five days for disturbing the peace. That'll do. (laughs) Where did he do this shooting?
5: We ain't. Yet. He's down at the Alphaganza slopping up booze at that other old buzzard Jingle Bob.
2: Oh, the Swamper?
5: Yeah, that's the one. You'd best be somewheres around the saloon in a few minutes. I got a feeling Pappy's about due to bust the law again.
2: Her story didn't make much sense, but there was something about the mountain girl's gleaming black eyes and the set of her pretty but stubborn face that made me go to the Alifraganza. At the bar, I ordered a glass of rye and watched two bewhiskered old-timers trying to outlie each other over a rapidly emptying bottle.
6: Uh, Jingle Bob, you just wait and see. Ted Tolman's going to have the biggest darn horse ranch in Kansas come spring.
7: Uh, sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and me, why, I I reckon I'll just buy up this year's saloon.
6: Oh, you're lying. Why,
7: well, sure I am. Ain't you?
6: What's my money was spending, ain't it? How many times I got to tell you I'm getting rich? Happy, are you drunk? <laughs> if I ain't, I've been wasting a sight of time. Now leave me alone, daughter. Go home where you belong.
5: I'm going. <clears throat> Only come over to tell you, man. Bet me ten dollars you couldn't shoot out that lamp on the first shot.
6: What's that? Oh,
5: give me that
2: rifle. <laughs> All right, hold on. That's enough of that.
5: Stay back,
6: son.
2: What?
5: Huh? What's <laughs> that?
6: Now, go collect your $10, daughter.
5: Yeah, Pappy. But I think the marshal here's a fixin' to arrest you. Huh? Ain't you, marshal?
6: <laughs> yeah, I guess I am.
2: All right, come along, Jeff. Come on. Why, put
6: your hands I never you jailing a man for, for having a little fun. Why, you'd never get away with this back in Kentucky.
2: Jed, you're in trouble, aren't you? Who's trying to kill you?
6: No, yeah, I reckon that's my business.
2: Now, that's the law's business.
6: I'll take care of myself, Marshal.
2: Uh-huh. Back in the saloon there, you mentioned having money and getting more. So? From what I've heard, you and your daughter run a two-bed horse ranch up in the hills. That hardly figures to make you rich. So, ah, you thick-headed old look. All I'm doing is trying to save your skin if it's in danger. Now, why don't you help me instead of being?
6: Reckon I
2: don't want Well, that's plain enough. Morning, Chester.
3: Morning, Mr. Dillon. You better take a look at this new Dodger.
2: Huh? Wanted for robbery and murder, Vic Tolman. So that murderous gun hawk is loose again, huh?
3: Broke out of prison last week. Yeah. If he's kin to Jed Tolman, he'll likely be heading this way.
2: Yeah, likely. I'll give you a hunch, Chester. I think he's here already. You do? You know where he is? No, not exactly. But I expect Hannah Tolman may have an idea. that's where I'm heading.
5: Now, that's what I like to see a man sized appetite. <laughs> this
2: wonderful corn pone.
5: I'm a good cook. Been cooking for Pappy ever since Ma died ten years ago.
2: Huh? yeah, take pretty good care of him.
5: Somebody has to. Pappy's kind of shiftless. I reckon he'd starve if I didn't feed him. Only things he cares about are wild horses and booze. In a pinch, he'd give up horses.
2: <laughs> you know, you're quite a woman, Hannah. You're pretty, brave, and... with more courage than most men I know.
5: Too quick, Marshal. What? You're sweetening me up for some reason. Not that I mind, you understand. I'm partial to a strapping fella like you. And Pappy's always after me to get hitched up. Says it ain't fitting for me to be 22 without a man.
2: Oh, you're still young.
5: Not the mountain folk. I'm an old maid. And I'm agreeable for some sweet talk. Only I don't trust yours. What are you after, Marshal?
2: All right, Hannah. I only want the truth. About what? Where's your father getting this money he's spending?
5: I wish I knew.
2: Who shot at him?
5: I don't know, but I'm aiming to find out.
2: Where's Vic? Where's he hiding, Hannah?
5: Who? Vic Tolman,
2: your brother. Or maybe he's your cousin. Brother. Where? Where?
5: I don't know.
2: Hannah, be sensible. Vic's a murderer. Vic's
5: my kin. We Tomeans don't turn on each other.
2: If you shelter him, you're guilty of...
5: Marshal, I reckon you just wore out your welcome.
2: (laughs) The prisoner will stand up and face me. Gentlemen, you've been found guilty of disturbing the peace. Sentence
6: of this court is five days in jail or a hundred dollars. A hundred? Well, Judge, ain't that a much steep just for... A hundred dollars or five days. Uh, I ain't got that much on me. Uh, But I can get it if you let me go. Just a
4: minute.
6: Hold
2: her in the court. Now... What's the meaning of of this interruption? I want to pay this man's fine, Your Honor. That's your privilege, sir. Hundred dollars. Pay the clerk. Yes, sir. Ah, Dick Curry.
6: Somebody's been turning over rocks. (laughs) Well, I don't know him, but he's sure a friend. Looks like I ain't going with you, Marshal. Yeah, looks like.
2: But in your boots, I wouldn't be happy. Curry's one of the worst killers yet unhung. Oh, now, Matt, is that a way to talk about me? I'm clear with the law. Come on, Mr. Tolman. Go ahead, Jed. And uh, say hello to Vic for me.
6: Uh, Vic? Oh,
2: no. Mr.
6: Curry.
3: Is that true? What's the difference? Who put up the hundred? Come on. No.
6: No, not if it's Vic. No, you can't make me. I said come on. Marshal, don't let him take me. Oh, shut up and come on before I... Hm
2: stay out of this mush, I don't think so. You paid his fine. You didn't buy him. He's going with me, Matt. Don't try to stop me. I can't imagine anything that'll give me more pleasure. You don't like living, do you? Very much. Now, just any time you feel like it.
4: No, not
2: here, Matt. I'll pick my spot. Yeah. I'll try not to turn my back on any dark alleys. Do that. And, Tillman, I'll be seeing you again.
7: Some, uh, Marshal? Why don't we play while we wait?
2: No, thanks, Jingle Bob. You needn't wait with us.
7: Uh, Jed's my friend, Mister Dunn. Sure. Maybe I can't help him none, but at least I can share whatever the trouble is. Understand? Mm-hmm. Now uh, Jed here's a lying old ringtail drunk, but me, well, when a man is down to scrubbin' saloon floors just to get the liquor that'll keep his Nerves shaking apart. He, he, he's grateful for any friendship it's offered.
3: Don't move,
4: <sighs>
3: Curry. Get his gun. You, think? <laughs> you recognize me, Mark? Yeah,
2: it. yeah. Okay. Vic Tolman. There are Dodgers out on you.
3: <laughs> You're cool, and Dylan. Too bad we're on opposite sides of the fence. Yeah, it's too bad. Real pity. <laughs> you know I'm going to enjoy this job. What job? Well, don't you know? Vic's taking his paw away from you, but you won't
2: mind. You'll be dead.
3: Curry, you stick care and take care of these two. Jed and I'll go on ahead. Oh, son, son, I I don't want to go nowhere. Now, Paul, don't rile me. You're going with me.
2: None of you are going any place, Vic.
3: Check. What the window? <laughs> reach high
7: both of you
3: and let go of that hardware
2: now you better do as he says because chester's a little nervous with that shotgun there's mine
3: looks like the odds are with you so
2: you might as well get rid of that spare in your boot Vic, before you run into any temptations
3: <laughs> you got sharp eyes Marshal. Law gets a lot of backing up
2: tonight. Your mistake, Vic. Sometimes people just don't give Chester enough credit.
3: Ah, chow time. Mm. Beefsteak, fried potatoes, stewed corn. Marshal, I must say, you run a nice jail. Don't he, Curry? Mm. <laughs> don't mind Curry. He's a little depressed about last night. You still run a nice jail. Something on your mind, Marshal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of things. Such as?
2: Oh, such as your father's spending money he hasn't earned. Claiming to know where he can get more. Mm-hmm. Paul's sure a terrible liar. Mm -hmm. Such as him getting shot at twice and refusing to talk about it or help me investigate? Paul's a little bashful, too. Yeah. Such as his being afraid of you?
3: Hmm, I guess Paul's getting old little dottery. Yeah. Then, of course, there's you. Well, now you're on my favorite subject. Go on.
2: Well, you're a killer and a thief, but you're cool and smart. Smart enough to educate yourself. I had lots of time to read in the pen. Lots of time. You're going to have more, but not much more, because you're going to hang for
3: those guards that you killed. Maybe. Curry, ain't you going to eat that? Mm Mm-mm. Now, go on about me being smart.
2: You're smart enough to know the most dangerous place for you to go after you escaped was here.
3: Well, it looks like I ain't as smart as you think.
2: It depends on what reason you had for risking coming here.
3: Boy, that's your good coffee. First jail I was ever in where the coffee was fit to drink. Oh, thank you. Okay, Marshal. Now, just what was my reason?
2: reason was money. Money? Cash. It's the only thing that would give you a chance to get out of the country. You're in for robbery as well as murder.
3: How much of the loot was recovered? You know how it is, Marshal. Easy come, easy go. I spent it as fast, well, nearly as fast as I got it.
2: So nothing was recovered, huh? No, it was all gone. It was all hidden, you mean. Hidden until Jed found it. Paul? Sure, that's his source of money. It's also why he was afraid to go with you.
3: <laughs> like I said, too bad we're on opposite sides. You got brains and you use them. You want to fill in the details for me? I'll tell you this. You're right about my cash or money. I'd had it and be on my way to Mexico by now if Paul hadn't switched hiding places on me. You know, it hurts. Paul's turning against me.
2: Yeah, yeah. The Tolmans always stick together. Except when money's involved.
3: How about you, Markham? Money by you. Sky's the limit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, I figure not. Well, <clears throat> been a nice chap. Won't take you straight. <laughs> All right, give me a hand. All right, back up, Curry.
2: That's it. And tell Vic when he wakes up to take it easy. Or he won't live to be hung. Hey, Jingle Bob. You seen Jed?
7: Sorry, Marshal. I don't know where Jed is. Been looking for him myself. Golly, I'm cool. You must
2: have left town last night.
7: Yeah. Ain't you cool? I got
2: an old jacket you can have.
7: I'd rather have a shot. Better steal two shots.
2: You got the jumps?
7: Always got them. Except for full booze. Funny, you won't believe it, but there was a time when I couldn't stand the taste of hard liquor. Made me sick. No, I can't live without it. Yes, you can. Maybe, let's say I don't want to.
2: Let's say that... Here. Go buy yourself a drink.
7: Hey, hey, that's enough for a whole bottle. Well, thanks. See you later, Marshal.
2: Supper time, Chester.
3: Chester. Chester, you all right? The prisoners? Gone. Hannah Tolman slipped him a gun. They made me open up the cell, and Vic slugged me.
2: Well, I know where they'll go.
3: Please, Mister Dunn, take me along. It was my fault they escaped.
2: All right, Chester. Ask the doctor to put a quick patch on that head, and we'll go after them together.
3: Starting to get dark. Yeah. Why'd we leave the road back there? I wanted to reach that rise, Chester. But we circled around to come up the backside. Does that have something to do with you bringing binoculars?
2: Yeah, it does. Vic Tolman will know he'll be followed. I want to see what kind of a surprise he has for us. Our right, pull up. You wait here. Anything? No. Not yet. Now wait. I knew now. Yeah, it's Curry, all right. He's holed up in some brush just beyond the turn in the road down there.
3: Well what do we do, mister Dillon?
2: Uh take the horses and circle back the way we came. Start up the road, but don't make the turn. I understand Now be sure As long as you don't make the turn You'll be safe But, uh I do want you to make some noise Noise? Yeah, I want you to sing Whistle, throw rocks, anything Just so long as it holds Curry's attention It was slow work Crawling down through the brush But finally I was only ten feet behind Curry's position The gunman was holding a rifle trained on the turn And out of sight, coming up the road, I could hear Chester. And he wasn't good, but he was loud. Come on, around the turn, blast you. All right, don't turn around, Curry. What? You may have a point, but I like Chester, bad singing and all. Now lay the rifle aside and unbuckle your gun belt. Now, careful. Yeah, sure, sure. Only don't shoot. Okay. Chester. Chester. I didn't mean no harm. I, I was only going to scare him. Yeah. Now, where's Vic? At the Tolman house. Waiting for Jed to show up. Uh-huh. All right, put your hands behind your back. I'm going to tie you up and leave you here. Le- leave me here? Yeah, we'll pick you up on the way back to town. It was dark when Chester and I were moving through the trees up to the Tolman shack. There was a light in the front. And through a window we could see the figure of Hannah Tolman moving around.
3: Just a girl.
2: Yeah, Vic's there. He just stand out of sight so Jed won't be scared off. Uh oh. She's coming out. Heading this way. And yeah, there must be a well out here. She's carrying a bucket. Yeah, behind that tree quick, and I'll take this one.
4: What do you think? All right, now
2: quiet down. We're not gonna hurt you. Stop fighting. Chester, grab her legs quick. Yes, sir. I was saving these handcuffs for Vic, but I guess they'll do for you. There. Now, do you promise to be quiet or do we gag
4: you?
2: All right, have it your way. Chester, give me your bandana. Yes,
7: sir.
2: Here. There, that should do it. All right, stay with her, Chester. Chester. I'm going for Vic. I was halfway to the shack when inside Vic Tolman became suspicious. Suddenly the lights went up and the door opened. And the shadowy figure swept out to stand, listening.
3: Anna? Anna, answer me.
2: Drop him, Vic.
3: Who is that? I can't see.
2: Matt Dillon. Throw down those guns. You're under arrest.
3: Not this time. Vic. You you were right, Marshal. I ain't going to live to. I. Vic.
7: Mr. Dillon?
2: Over here. Hey, uh, what is it, Chester?
3: Who's that, Jed? Uh, Yes, sir. I caught him sneaking towards the house. He
6: was carrying this bag.
2: Here, let me see. (laughs) Uh, That's the money.
6: Uh, I I was was taking it to Vic. Is is he... Yeah. You're too late, Jed. Oh, no. I ought to give him his money. If only he hadn't taken them shots at me.
2: He didn't. Until he found out where the money was hidden, he was the last person in the world to want you dead. But, uh... I don't
6: understand. He, he must
2: know. Have... Only the person who knew where you had the money would have shot at you. Nobody knew that.
6: How could they? Who, who
2: you could... talk a lot when you get drunk, Jed. You only get drunk with one person.
6: Huh? You mean... You mean Jingle Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I was bragging. Told him all about finding it and switching hiding places. Why that low-down snake and him pretending to be my friend. Come on, Chet.
2: I'll help you bury Vic. Then we'll get back to Dodge.
6: We Tolman sure have had a bad week. <laughs>
1: Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Herb Purdom, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in tonight's cast were Virginia Gregg, Joseph Kearns, and Junius Matthews, with Harry Bartell, Lou Krugman, and Peter Leeds. Parley Bear is Chester. Gunsmoke. <laughs> Remember, America must produce as she never has before. She must produce war materials, civilian goods, and above all, democracy. Only an all-out effort in all three directions will give us security against aggression. George Walsh speaking, and remember, Gangbusters goes into action Saturday nights on the CBS Radio Network.
0: Did you see that twist coming early in the show? This guy was going to kill his own father because his father stole his money. Oh, That's like Shakespeare, isn't it? That was not written by John Meston. Meston, I don't know how involved he was that early in the Gunsmoke uh, shows, but uh, this was a very early episode. This was like episode eight or nine or something like that. I could look it up, but who really cares? It was very early But it was written by Herb Purdom, and I don't think he wrote too many Gunsmoke scripts, but he was a pretty prolific writer in Hollywood. I don't have a list of a lot of the uh, radio credits that he did. I'm sure they are many. He uh, did write, though, for a number of TV shows Uh, as late as 1980. He wrote for uh, Huckleberry Finn and His Friends which was a TV series. I don't remember that. That was in 1980. He wrote for Emergency, O'Hara U.S. Treasury. Remember that with uh, David Jansen? He wrote for Adam 12, Death Valley Days. He did a number of episodes. Lancer, uh, Surfside 6. Boy, now we're going back into the uh, very early 60s, late 50s. The Deputy, that was the one with Henry Fonda. He wrote for that. Route 66, of course, that was sort of a uh, iconic show for that era. Who who was it in that? It was the guy that was on Adam Twelve, and George Maharis was it. I guess it doesn't matter. Rawhide, Broken Arrow, Man Without a Gun, White Hunter. In 1957, don't remember that one. Uh, New Adventures of Charlie Chan as a TV series, I don't remember that. Sheriff of Cochise, I remember that. The Lone Ranger, here we go. Jungle Jim, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, The Lone Wolf. Uh, Adventures of the Falcon, a TV series. Uh, The Adventures of China Smith, that was with Dan Daly. That was a TV show. What was that, Chester? What did I say? Oh, Dan Duryea. That's right, it was Dan Durier. Uh Thank you for catching that. Dan Daly was not in China Smith, it was Dan Duryea. Mr. and Mrs. North, who at the uh, the TV series had the same folks that played, uh, played them at the end on radio, uh, Richard Denning and Barbara Britton. GE Theater, Boston Blackie, the TV series, remember that? Uh, Gangbusters, the TV series, The Cisco Kid. So you can see that radio really did feed into television, and that's where the uh, earliest TV shows came from, and a lot of times they used the same scripts. (laughs) ¶¶ that is going to kick things in the head for uh thursday april 22nd 2021 hope you enjoyed our selection we will see you over the weekend with a uh, archive show back next monday with an uh, all-new old-time radio comedy and on tuesday a drama wednesday a mystery and of course on thursday we'll have another western gonna go out tonight with a song from 1955 by patty page i have played this one in the past probably been a long time though I love this song it's one of my favorite songs by her I kind of remember it from when I was a little bitty kid but I remember uh, hearing it played throughout the years because it's sort of a timeless piece this is Bob bro I'm so glad you stopped by and I am so glad you met me
8: Your dreams are through falling falling